Hello and welcome. I'm Shannon Shotler, your host, and this is The Messy, Mucky Middle, a podcast dedicated to talking with real people about the most real parts of their life and career transition stories. All right, you guys, today our guest is Eden. Eden is someone who's always been in deep inquiry and various. She's been voyaging and journeying all of her life to a deeper sense of self a deeper knowing of herself, and she cares deeply about people. She's been doing systems change work in healthcare, but now she's facing this new direction of possibility, of joy and healing and abundance and love. She's a Midwest girl at heart, born and raised, with a bachelor's from Carleton in psychology and a master's in business from the University of St. Thomas. By day, she's a health equity champion and driver. By night and weekends, though, she's a somatic coach in training with the Strozzi Institute. She's 29 years old, and today we get to talk about her time spent navigating that messy middle from a hypervigilant, tight, constricted sense of self, for good reasons, which we'll talk about, to an open, soft, expansive, and flowing self. This is Eden's messy middle story. Eden, thank you so much for joining us. Gosh, thank you for having me. I feel emotional. Like listening to you say that, it's one thing to say it as a headline for people to take it in. And it's another thing of like, oh yeah, I lived that. I'm living that. So let's get into it a little bit. So the way I like to start this podcast is by acknowledging like sometimes transitions begin at endings. And I'm curious, what would you say was ending in your life? or in your identity when your transition story begins? What a great question. I think what it makes me think about is that there's been so many endings in my life, but I Mm. never acknowledged them that they were endings. Mm. And so they began to sort of leak and seep through years beyond. And, And I think when I think about this transition in particular from like closed and restricted to just open, I think it really started like fast forward back to, or rewind back to 2020. I graduated from grad school in in May of 2020 and was living in Minneapolis at the time was living in, had been living there with like five years at that point. And I, as all of us experience, right? Like this deep unknown, didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to feel like there was just a lot of unknown. And yeah. I, um, remember like having to move out of my apartment. I had gotten a job in California. I had to be in California by the end of June. I had sort of like this month of time. I remember like having to like had a really traumatic incident happen in my apartment building, like two weeks before I was supposed to move out, which made me leave earlier than I had expected. So I was feeling sort of a little displaced and graduation got taken off the table. And I didn't think that I cared. I I didn't feel particularly um, close to my experience in grad school. So I didn't think that that really bothered me that like, oh, this is an ending. I was sort of like, screw this ending. I'm over it. I'm ready to the next thing. I'm going to California. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm over the winter. I'm here for this like new weather, but it was like this looming pandemic. Right. And I remember, um, being in my parents' home and, you know, this, the university saying like, oh, we're going to do a graduation for you online. 
on Zoom. And I remember, you know, getting a cap and gown sent to us. And I remember wearing this like baggy gray t-shirt. I love big and <laughs> I was wearing this baggy gray. I think it was my dad's. It was wonderful. And I was wearing jeans and my hair was just like, it was much longer back then. You know what I mean? It was just out, like down and out. And I remember being like, I'm graduating in jeans on my couch. And I was like, cool. That's great. This is comfort, you know? Mm. But then what I didn't anticipate was this like empty feeling after completing my program of mm. like, oh, I thought this would feel different. Yeah. Not that I was disillusioned about that an MBA or a grad would give me something of higher meaning. No, I knew for me it was a means to an end, but I thought I would feel more accomplished or that I thought that I would feel like proud of myself. I thought I would feel something. And I, and I was like, it kind of made me pause and be like, what is going like, like, what is that about? And, and so I think some of me took this job in California to get away. Mm. And I think I remember moving in my whole life to Sacramento, California in June of 2020 by myself, no pets, no, 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 no man, no kids, no nothing. Yeah. And I remember my family came with me and I remember they stayed for a couple of days, like help me get situated. And then they left. And I will never forget this feeling of them leaving and me getting like, like, I think I was like crying. I, I, I remember feeling like, oh, they're gone. And I've been living alone. I've been living. I left home at 18. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. was very self-sufficient, very independent. But I think I realized in that moment, like there is nowhere else to go, but in you. Mm. There is like. Like there is no distractions. It is a pandemic. You don't have friends out here. Like you have you, your desk is at your kitchen table and like you are going to be here. And so I was here. I was there with me. I had to meet me. I had to like, there was no yeah. other option. There was no other option. I would have, I would have gone insane. And those first couple of months, they were rough. I was like, yeah. I was like, my mental health was, it was scary. It was, yeah. I was like, I understand why and how people experience crisis. Mm. Like it made sense to me. And I, I think that was this, like a wake up that ending for me of like everything I knew, everything I thought mattered or, or not even thought that mattered, but like what I was working towards, right? Like what I yeah. was moving, I didn't necessarily know where I was going, like, specifically, but I had a direction, you know what I mean? Yep. And now I'm like, it's just you, it's just you and you in California in a pandemic. So what are you going to do? And I just have this personality where I'm like, okay, we got to step up. Like I've been coaching myself. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to, you know? And yeah. then this deep opening of possibility and exploration and curiosity emerged. Yeah. And let's pause there. Cause like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that part. But I'm curious, what were like the core emotions that you were feeling? Yeah. I think also it's really important to highlight like a couple of things here. Like I was living in Minneapolis. George Floyd was murdered. Yes. Same month I was moving out. Yeah. Of place that I had called home and I like yeah. couldn't be in the physical location of a place that I had called home for so long. Yeah. Spent almost 10 years in Minnesota in total, five of those years in Minneapolis, like it was painful. Like yeah. it, was, it was excruciating. I felt this immense amount of grief mm. and I was trying to sort of manage my own sort of like 
how do I make sense of what has happened? Like, what has happened and also like leaving a place I've called home and not being able to see anyone Mm -hmm. didn't have a going away party. Didn't have anything. It didn't do anything to close out this really massive chapter, like caught like 18 to, you know, whenever I left, like I had been living in Minnesota and I had to leave. And it was this, like, it was really, it was really painful. And what made it more painful is I was going back into a home where that identity or that responsibility of being a daughter of immigrants, being the mm. oldest daughter. My sister at the time was also graduating from high school. And so she didn't even have a high school graduation. So I was trying to like do something really wonderful for her um, because that I felt like that was more important than like I graduated from high school and college. And now I'm like, this is high school for her. And So there was no space for me when I went back to Wisconsin, which is ironic because my parents have this like spacious home. There was no space for me to be and process. And I remember this deep aloneness that I felt and a deep misunderstanding of like, my family doesn't understand Mm -hmm. because I'm the oldest. I've always had it together. Mm -hmm. And then my parents, for good reason, has has like they have always stepped up to the plate. You know, they're coming yeah. from, you know, I'm Eritrean. <laughs> We're coming from like a long history of war and sacrifice and pain and commitment and like and still love and joy and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but to them it was like, oh no, you're going. Like you got a job, that's security, there's a paycheck coming. There's nothing that's gonna stop you from like going to California. Like yeah. I really don't care how you feel, you know what I mean? And now, did they say, I don't care how you feel? No, but they have been so focused. And so like, no matter what, we get up, we go every morning. And so I think when you asked me how I was feeling, I was feeling alone. I was feeling misunderstood. I was feeling like immense amount of grief for myself and the world and mm. places that I called home. Mm. And like, there was nowhere else to go with it. And yeah. everyone collectively was in pain. Like, yeah. you know, with connection and friendship, like sometimes someone's doing well and sometimes they're not. So you can like even it out. But at the time it was like, everyone is like struggling. Like mm-hmm. everyone is having their own thing. And so I had some of the worst fights really with my family in those moments. Like I was really like, you know, in hindsight, they were also going through their own emotional pain and grief sure. and all yeah. that with everything that was going on. Right. So it was, it was painful, but I don't think I knew how to really f- allow the the emotions to like flow or to feel them Yeah. Um, back then. Yeah. So we get to this place of like, okay, so you're sitting in California. I'm just like imagining you, you alone in your apartment, feeling all these feelings and emotions. Then what, where does the healing journey begin for you? Yeah. I think it started with I think two things that are kind of true about me. Um, One is that like, I will never allow myself to get too bad without asking for help or without Mm -hmm. reaching out. So I think there's always been a commitment and an acceptance of, I can ask questions. I've always been curious. I've always been asking questions. And I think that Mm -hmm. I knew big picture, I want to live. And I don't just want to live, but I want to thrive. And I don't know all the ways to get there. Mm. So I've always carried that. And so like, I think that 
was like a theme that in me. And then also the like, I had to like, can't lie. I can't lie to people and I really can't lie to myself. Yeah. So when you asked me, like when I was sitting there in my living room, I was like, well, I'm going to figure it out. So I think it started maybe not like with good intent, but maybe not necessarily the approach I would take now. But I think I was like, I got to figure it out. So I'm going to be like perfect and hyper, like, and I'm going to like do all the things and I'm going to get all the things and I'm going to like test all the theories and I'm going to read and I'm going to like talk to people and I'm going to like consume, I was consuming so much content. Like I was up space and time, but like not with like junk. Like I was filling up space and time with like healing, wellness, chakras, like you name it, like listening to gurus, specialists, like um, black women. Like I was just like black men. Like I was just listening and consuming content that felt like it was evolving me, growing me, nourishing me, distracting me like on, you know, racial politics, on white supremacy, Mm. on like, like anything and everything I was doing. And, um, started getting resources. I was like, okay, I haven't consistently worked out since I danced growing up as a dancer. Like I was as a dancer. So that was like an intensive training process that I haven't as an adult, I kind of like let everything go for this like career focus. I sort of gave everything to my career for the sake of pleasing people for the sake of security, you know, accomplishment and now I'm like, okay, I need a practice just for wellness. And so mm. like, and what I started noticing is like, as I was like spending more time with myself, getting more, I wouldn't say I was still then, I think I'm still now, mm-hmm. but I was curious then. I was like, oh, what's that about? And what's this about? And like, let me ask. So I'd call my friend and be like, what do you think about this? You know, and, and anything in that, I started to learn more and more. And then I started just to trust signs and trust messages. I was looking for a coach for somebody at the time. And they were, I had called them to be like, which a funny story. I just want to say, yeah, you disclaimer, don't look for coaches for other people. Like that, (laughs) like, I just want to say that, like this journey, whatever journey you choose to be on in your life, like that is you, like you Mm. direct it, you say the direction, you say the timing, you say the pace. And I think me, I've always been like, I care about you so much. I want like you to have all the things. And I, like, if I have knowledge, I want to share that knowledge. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, 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 no one could have told me to start this journey, but me. Yeah. And so it was ironic that I was trying to find a coach for somebody like in 2020 and I'm talking on the phone and this person was like, "Mm, my spirit is telling me that actually you need to meet with me, not this other person. Mm. And I was like, okay, like I was willing to say, okay. And then I had another conversation with a good friend of mine. who's like a mentor, teacher, guide, spiritual person. And he was like, I think he would like this book. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't even ask more questions. I wasn't even like, what's the book? What's it about? I was just, just, if something came and there wasn't like an immediate, like, oh no, I was like, okay. I was trying everything and anything. And, and then this beautiful question emerged to me of like, what do I like to do with my time? Mm. I had no sense of that. Like I had been running a rat race. I had been in this loop. I've been in a narrative loop in my head for years, for a decade plus. Mm. And I had been in this like cycle of burnout. Like, it's just like, I was like going, going, going. And like, I didn't grow up in like boundaries, learning boundaries in myself, learning what's enough. I just, you go, no matter what you go until the, the, you know, the wheels come off and then you keep going. Yeah. Because if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then when there was like, I can't go anywhere. 
I kind of felt free of like, oh, I don't, there's no expectations for me to be out. I don't need to like meet new people and do the small talk and feel awkward and uncomfortable. So I'm going to hibernate. And in this hibernation, I'm going to explore what do I like mm. and what do I want and realize, oh, I had never given myself the time, space or permission. I didn't know I could. I remember yeah. like years ago, I want to say like eight years ago, maybe eight. I just remember having this random thought flow through me that was like, do I know how to play? Oh, I just, I, I think some of me had grieved and did grieve this, like feeling like I never had this freedom to play, to be free, to, there was always something that was being produced in me and around me that was like intense and, you know, focused and perfect and together. And, you know, and I was doing that right to survive or to whatever, but I, I just remember being in college being like, I don't know if I know how to play. Yeah. Like You're that's how wound up I was. Yeah. You're touching on so many elements of that. I would say like are, are themes that I'm finding in these conversations. And that I found over the years in coaching through transition of like, I'm hearing a theme for you around learning how to rest, like learning how to just like be a little bit to heal. I'm hearing some themes around reflection, around giving yourself space to actually reflect and, and think about like, gosh, what do I actually enjoy? What does play actually look like? And then I love the theme around play too, because experimentation is a big part of transition position like play like quite literally play just another word for play I think I'll just say like because nothing was on the table during that time everything was on the table oh I love that you've had like so many mic drop moments but that is a mic drop moment because nothing was on the table everything was on the table and that permission I don't know it just unlocked like something in me yeah I bought myself a little keyboard I was buying myself art stuff I was dancing in my living room again. I was like exploring new ways of being. I was listening to different music. I was like, those like, oh, I don't do that. Or I don't, like, I don't agree. Like whatever it is, or like, oh, that's whatever shaming I was doing. What, like none of that. I was like, no, I, I'm just going to try a bunch of things. Mm. <laughs> And buying furniture for the first time too. I had lived in so many different places, but I was like, oh, I'm going to start to build a home now. Like there is nowhere to go. Like this is going to be a home yeah. and it's not forever by no means. Cause I just want to say, I felt very uncomfortable where I was living. I didn't feel quite yeah. safe. I didn't feel like there was, I didn't feel really um, safe outside the walls that I was living in, but I did everything I could to feel safe and um, calm within my walls. And so I did that. Mm-hmm. So I love all the examples you gave of how different ways that you rested, reflected and, and allowed yourself to play. How are you feeling at this point in the process or the journey? This is the real stuff. I feel like that was just like the beginning, uh-huh. you know, and now I feel like I'm in between these two islands mm. that are both me. Like, let's just say like, I'm this like, go with me folks. Okay. I'm this body of water that contains like these islands. Right. And I feel like I was on an Island living for a really long time. Yeah. And then I decided that I was going to Mm. towards this other Island. And I feel like I'm in the middle of the water where I can see and still feel both islands. Mm. And, and I think I can hold that 
Like I, I think that I can like sort of see growth, like see, I know my journey. I lived it. I, I lived my 29 years. I'll be 30 in two months. Amen. Um, but almost 30 years of life, like I, I lived in it every day. Right. So there was a shedding happening. And yeah. once I shed, I was like, okay, I want something. I could feel that there was possibility. I think sometimes people think like, as much as I like to spread joy, I know that if it is hard to access, if you are shut off to that, like that is something that's like, it is something that people have to journey sort of within themselves. And once I felt, oh, there's, I can dream for the mm-hmm. first time, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to, I'm going to speak. And I just started noticing and I started getting more messages and it gave me the courage to really swim. And now I'm in the middle and I can see this like other Island. And I don't know exactly what's all there. I don't know all the plants. I don't know what people are there. I don't know like what the fruit is going to be like, you know what I mean? But I, I know it's there and I know it's like luscious, you know, and I'm in this middle. And I think the trippiest part is the people that I am meeting who are witnessing me in this middle. Mm -hmm. Let's touch on the people for a minute, because people is oftentimes an element of transition that I don't, that I feel like we don't talk about enough of like how things can shift and change. So if you're willing, share with us a little bit, like how, how was your experience around having community and support during this season? Yeah, it's such a, I think you're totally right. I I don't, I don't know if we know how to be in community. I don't know if I knew how to be in community. Despite growing and very much so having a collectivist culture ingrained in me and then growing up in America, which is a very individualistic space, I think I desired deep connection or mutual connection. I don't know if I knew how to do that. Yeah. Now I'm gaining all these new skills and tools and I'm out in the world and I think I'm having two different experiences. So Mm -hmm. the people who have known me. Okay. And they have seen a change and maybe they don't know exactly all that I've done, but they can tell they get on the phone with me. They get on zoom, they get on FaceTime. They see me person. They're like, Oh my gosh, you're so different. Yeah. Some of them are like, ah, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. And they're also on their own journey. And we're sort of finding ourselves really connecting and supporting each other on this like deeper self or deeper spiritual journey, which has been really beautiful. Yeah. Have there, but like real talk me for a minute. Have there been any people that you get on the phone with and they're like a little bit scared for you because they've only ever known you on this one Island and they see you trying to swim to this other Island and they're like, wait a second. What the heck does she like? What is she doing? Is she going to be okay? Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. My mom. Yeah. Well, and like, and I offer that question because I think that's a common experience, whether it's family or friends that like, we don't always talk about of like, I loved the metaphor you gave of those two islands. And it's like some people only knew the version of you on the one island and some people only know the version of you on the other island. And so it's like, it's it's change for everybody. Yeah. What I'll say is that like, I think friends, not so much. I think some friends weren't able to necessarily maybe show up in the ways in which this new person I'm becoming wants or needs. Mm-hmm. And, and some are, I can, I can respect where they are and we can just sort of be in, in different spaces and they're not hurting me and I'm not hurting them. But like, I know that like it has shifted and being okay with it shifting. Some yeah. relationships will just melt. And I actually recently had to like end a friendship for mm. many, 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 many years. Cause it just yeah. wasn't, hmm what I needed anymore, what I wanted anymore. 
And I felt like I could take a stand for myself now, you know? Yeah. But I, I will say, so friends less about like, stay here, you know, um, they just might not get it or they might not sure. be able to support, you know, at, but I think family, right. If there's this like innate, especially I think with parents, you know, I think there's this like, well, what did I do wrong? Mm. Why do you want to be different? Mm. And sort of becomes this like self-attack. And, and, and I, and I am very committed something and not just to my own self journeying, but sort of like really understanding my ancestry and my lineage in a real way. And I'm really fascinated with understanding, like, you know, in my culture, like things get passed through embodied ways, you know, through mm. being in the presence of others through sharing food with others, through sharing dance with others, that there is so much that's sort of unsaid and not spoken, but like learned through presence. And, and so I've been thinking a lot and reflecting on the, the deep love and connection I have to that. And what are some of the ways that we can continue to like pass down and honor culture outside of trauma? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, as I deepened and learned new things about myself, I had to be honest and see that like how much of the response that I'm getting from family is their fear, which is like real, you know, and Mm. it makes sense. Like I can validate that and I can honor them in that, but it's not mine to hold. And forever I was holding that. Mm. I was, I was trying to like do, you know, I was trying to make them proud. I was trying to make them happy. Like they had sacrificed so much. How could I like not, you know what I mean? Like they they went through suffering and death and war and in, in, in real stuff. So like, how could, you know, there was just a lot of, which I hear from a lot of immigrant children, you know what I mean? I hear that. And I think now I can see different. And I think now I'm at a place where I can hold, I have moments where we like clash for sure. But I think it took a long time to get here. It took this year of like lots of tears. Yeah. Lots of like, why don't you understand me? Why don't you understand me? Or like, and, and not in like those words necessarily, but like what I was saying in me was like, I just want to be seen and understood. And I want to have my family at my back. Mm. I want them at my back as I move forward. And I know I'm doing new things. I know I, I'm in territory that we've never done before. I know I have dreams and goals now and possibilities that are different. I, I know that I am the first. I am the first of your children. I am the first to try these things. I, and I know that, and you know, I was, there's always been this person, like they have a doubt and sh- that doubt like plants so quickly in me and then just like grows so fast. And mm. I've been learning how to be like, whoa, 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 that seed is not going in my garden. It cannot mm. go in my garden. It cannot. And it is, that shit is painful. Yeah. So I kind of like tell the people who are listening right now that it is some like easy I mean, I was in, I was calling mentors. I was calling teachers. I was calling guides. I was in everyday practice. I was like in my somatic practices. I was in my, you know, um, meditation. Like I, a lot of tears. Um, and, and, and I think it speaks to what you're saying about meeting new people now. So much of what we learn about connection starts with home when we were kids. Mm. And so now I'm in this new shape and, and like, or this new person, right. Or like becoming this new person. And I'm meeting people who don't know my history, 
who don't know where I was. And I'm trying to figure out, or not even trying to figure out, but like, I'm sort of leading in a different way. I'm like leading in, like leaning into connection in a different way, friendship, romantic, otherwise. And there's still parts of me of that, like other island of like, well, do they like, should I tell them the full story? Do they need to know the full story? Or like, they don't know how hard I work to get here. Mm. They're seeing like this person here and, you know, what is that, you know, and just a lot of questions I have around like, even like, I mean, let's be transparent, even about like how I wanted you to introduce me right on this podcast. Like, do I need to talk about that? I went to Carlton or that I have an MBA or whatever. Like, does that matter to me? Mm. And it, did it, did it matter to me? Mm. And, and, and if so, why, you know, what is that about? What is like, and, and now I'm meeting these new people who see this person, it's not like I'm new because I'm a new person, but it's not like they've seen this transformation. And I feel like I'm in this sort of massive spurt of growth where every day I'm learning something new. Every day I'm reflecting, adjusting, unlearning, and moving forward every yeah. single day. And some of me kind of feels bad for these new people who are coming into my life because I'm <laughs> like, are you okay? Like, can you handle like, 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 because it, it, to the outside eye, it could feel a little like all over the place. But I also know like, oh no, I'm, I worked really hard to be here. Yeah. Here, but it's like it can be a little scary meeting new people from this place, and it can also be a lot of fun because mm. they they don't know, you know what I mean. And someone, a dear mentor of mine, said to me the other day, I had this conversation with him around like I'm meeting these people, you know, or even with dating, like I'm meeting these new people, and they don't know my like life resume quote end quote. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't know, like they don't know how I got here. They, you know, they may care, they may not. And I was just kind of reflecting to my mentor, like, wait, like, I don't know. It's weird. Like I'm not, I've always led with my intellect. I've always led with my smart. Mm. I've always, it was safer. It's Mm. safer that because in that constricted, tight, hypervigilant, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm trying to protect myself. I don't want to get hurt. Like I want to give everything I have, but like, I don't know how. And it's like this, like forward and back and forward and back sort of feeling in me. And so like, oh yeah, it's so easy to like spar off of being witty or spar off of something that's cerebral. And now I'm doing this work where I'm like getting out of my head and getting into my body and realizing like, oh, I'm like, I don't want to feel constricted. I want to feel open. And I want to feel like, Hey, yeah. Like you said I, something that I want to go back to though for a minute. Yeah. You said I was leading with smart. What are you leading with now? Oh, Shannon, I'm leading, I'm leading with my heart. Mm. I'm leading with my like soul. I'm leading with my like the center of my body. Mm. I'm leading with my body. Yeah. And it takes a whole lot of trust and safety within yourself to do that. It is hard. And so I have a lot of empathy for people who are on that journey. And there, I can feel it now when I'm going back to constriction. Oh, for sure. I'm in a conversation with someone and I feel my whole back like tighten up. I'm like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to hold my breath. Yeah. I'm trying to protect. And I think going back to what my mentor said, he was just like, you know your story, though. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Like, all these new people, like, do they need to know your story? Because you know it. And I was like, you're right. I do know my story. And it is mine. And I can honor that. And I can celebrate that in me. And then, like, yeah, I can share that with people. 
when it organically comes up, but like, I think for a really long time, like I just wanted to be seen for all the things. Yeah. Which how human, like I I can personally relate to that. I'm sure other listeners can relate to that. And it reminds me a little bit of what you were sharing as you're describing how your relationship with your family and maybe especially your mom has shifted or changed from being able to, the words that are coming to me, maybe you would use different ones as like being able to hold yourself and be with them at the same time. Yeah. Oh, like I can hold me and I can be with you at the same time, even if we are not yeah. on the same plane. You know, so that, yes, yes. And I wanted to like fix and change and be like, I'm learning new stuff. Don't you want to learn new stuff too? Don't you want to have a yes. bigger, grander, like deeper connection yeah. to, to me, to others? That were like, Cause I'm always like, well, shit, let's change. Like I'm ready. Like, are you ready? I'm ready. But like, and, and I have my own like downfalls in that, right? Like I don't take as much time to rest sometimes or at celebration. Like I have a hard time mm-hmm. celebrating myself, you know? Like, so I recognize like there is always both sides to everything, multiple sides, not even two. I believe there's multiple sides, to everything, but yeah, I think at first I wanted to like kind of force the goodness. Like it was coming from a good place. It really was. But like, no, that was obviously met with resistance. They were like, whoa, 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 you're crazy. Like, you know, they didn't call me crazy, but like it it was met with resistance for a good reason. You can't come at someone with this like level of intensity. Even if your heart is in this place, like I have to, I have to dignify you and dignify Mm. me at the same time. Mm. And I thought I I was doing that, but I wasn't. Yeah. I don't know if they touch on this in Strozzi um, from a somatic lens, but I remember reading Wendy Palmer's book and she talks about the shape of you and like, what shape are you entering conversation with? Like, are you entering conversation from the shape of a pointed triangle where it's going to be like, "Mm," like point drive? Or are you entering from the shape of a circle, which is more about inclusion? Or are you entering... um, the conversation from a place of a square, like where you're feeling very firmly grounded and anchored. And I'm, I'm wondering if what you're sharing is kind of like describing that difference of like, I'm going to be the pointed triangle. I'm going to like be driving and like bring you with me in every change that I'm going through. And maybe now it's a little bit more of, I don't know, I'm hearing a little bit of square in you. Like I'm grounded, I'm anchored and I'm ready and willing to be a circle and include at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Even six months ago, <laughs> like funny story. I, I, um, had been living alone for a while, like, and I moved to Oakland recently, which has been Mm -hmm. a really beautiful and nourishing experience. There's something about, there's like a buzz here. That's just like, uh, it just makes you want to be outside and like connected. And I can be in the past in that, in that constricted self, like kind of like, um, guarded and private and, you know, and, and I have this roommate now and she's just, just so wonderfully open and like wants connection and wants to cultivate connection. I just remember being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't want all these people in our house. Like, I want to know what their energetic is before they're coming in, you know? And now six months later, I'm like, oh, maybe we could host a party, you know? And and yeah, she definitely didn't come at me with the pointering, like, you know, she was like, let me be that triangle shape. But I think like allowing myself to change my mind, allowing myself to evolve. And I think in the past, I've always come in into connection with this triangle shape intensity um, because that was where my worth was tied up. 
in like yeah. leaning forward to you, taking care of you, mm. meeting your every need. You know what I'm saying? Like, even like, as I sit here and like, as I am like leaning towards you right now, it's like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want that anymore, but it's like this, like, let me anticipate your every need. And let me, that is how I got by. That's how I survived. That's how I made connections growing up. And then now I'm like, what would it feel like to sit back in, (laughs) in my chair as I'm talking to someone? And I remember when I first started that, I always was jumping forward. You know, I didn't really Mm -hmm. know how to like not be a triangle pointed forward. I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to be this like circle or square. I didn't, you know, and now as I practice more, I'm like, oh, there's so much possible here. And there's a little insecurity that can come up of like, like the rootedness of being a square and open and in a circular sort of motion. Um, you like, I, I, I want to believe that I am enough from this place. And some of what I think the triangle meant for me moving towards is like, oh, I'm not enough if I'm not doing all the things. Yeah. If I'm at a party and I'm invited and I'm not helping set up or I'm not helping clean, if I'm not busying myself, then, you know, I'm not useful or I'm not valuable or, you know. Yeah. Which I think so, is a narrative that a lot of folks will be able to relate to. Just, yeah. yeah, finding that place of enoughness and like, I don't need to constantly be on the front Teaching. foot, as we know from <laughs> overextending from Strozzi language. Teaching. Yeah. You could be reaching into that. Like, what if, and this is the theory that I'm playing with right now. What if I'm here and I'm breathing fully and I am open and I am expansive and I am honest with myself and with anybody who comes into my life, what is possible? Mm. And I'm willing and wanting to explore that question. What a beautiful question. Yeah. Just being with that question, what is possible from the more uh, rested back against the chair open space? What is possible? So I'm curious, are there different possible selves you are considering or trying out now? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 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 Different possible selves that I'm trying out now. I... Yes and no, or yes and. Yeah, tell us. Um, I think I think ultimately, like, I want to go back to like my like authentic like little girl, two three year old. Like, who was she? Who was that Eden then? Like, I'm always trying to go back to her, and not like to be a little kid, but the essence, that essence that I had. I was like singing all the time and dancing, and talking and connecting and just there was this bubbliness and joy um just sort of every day and I just laughed a lot like there was an essence of that and I was like still very independent I didn't like being told what to do I didn't like being helped I didn't like like but then there was a curiosity like I was curious about people and things around me and and so I I think I am always coming back to her and she's different sides. And so right now I'm like, some of me is like, I have this like joke right now about like, I'm outside a little bit. And I think there was this story and not, I think I know I've held the story. Like I don't go outside. And what I mean by that to those who don't know what like going outside means is like going out, 
going dancing, going out at night, you know, whatever. (laughs) And I think, yeah, because I never had energy. I was always exhausted. Yeah. I was, you know, trying to maintain this like career driven life while managing a chronic illness, while managing responsibilities, while managing like being put together. And there was no room for me to go. Like I had created this constricted body. Where do you breathe in that? Like, where can you go in that? And, (sighs) and so, you know, now I'm like, yeah, I didn't have time to go out and maybe I didn't have interest going out then. Maybe I didn't want to be seen, Mm. you know, maybe I didn't want to put in the effort to go because I was thinning out. I was depleted. Like I was constantly sort of in the cycle of burnout. And that's when people typically are out and about right in their like early twenties and college and and mid twenties. They're like, I'm outside, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't. And now I'm like, Oh, I want to be outside. And I think naming that is like, I had to let go. Like, is it really true that I'm not outside anymore? Like, am I to this identity? And does this, like, is there a part of me, like when you talk about like what identities am I exploring, like that, like wants to be outside and having fun and dancing and singing and flirting and just like out here, just out here because I can't, you know what I mean? And giving myself permission. So that's been this like joke. I had someone recently tell me like, you are always outside. I don't know why you keep (laughs) not outside because you are outside. And I'm like, no, I'm not like immediately went into that response of like, what are you talking about? Like in, in me, I was like, no, I'm not like, I don't go outside. I don't do that. Yeah. Like letting go of stuff that I'm holding on to, to be like, no, you have a desire to go outside. So I'm going to be outside. So I think there's a part of me that's there. And there's also a part of me that wants to explore this more like softer, gentler, intimate side Mm. of connection, which has been, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. journey journey for me and feeling like as I learn more about me every day it's this like exciting like oh I got a new data point and what do I want to like do with that what picture do I want to paint like and so I don't know like I, I think going back to like everything was off the table yet everything was on the table and I think now everything is on the table And now I have tools that I'm learning. I'm not like, there's no expert here, none of that, but it's like tools to be able to then talk through with people, with myself, like, okay, what's on the table here? You know what I mean? And so more free, more freedom, more of this like um, release, more Mm. joy and less apologizing about that, Mm. More, more taking a stand for me more being, Mm -hmm. this is what I want. And saying that I didn't, I never said that before. Cause what I learned is like, when you say that people can't, they disappoint you, they lie to you, they dismiss you, they minimize you. Like I had all these data points that I wanted to hold on to, to be like, well, that's the reason why. But now I'm like, no, I also have needs and want. And to live the life that I want, I have to Mm -hmm. articulate and with within myself, but to people like for a really long time, all those constricted years, I was like, I'm independent. I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't need to communicate any needs to people. Cause I don't need anything from other people period. I don't need to make any requests. Cause like, I just, I got it. 
Yeah. Wow. I've never, like, I literally, that just was like hitting me between the eyes for myself too, as you were sharing that. Yeah. What? So what's the point in learning how to make requests? Because I don't make them because I'm independent. I got me. I live alone. Why do I need boundaries? Yeah. I don't need boundaries with a roommate. You know what I mean? I don't need Holy shit. Yes. Then now, now I'm in a new city. I'm in Oakland now. It's been like five months. I got a roommate. Now I gotta like communicate boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Now I gotta communicate needs. Yeah. I like, and now I'm finally ready and in an energetic place to make new friends today in a real way yeah. because, okay. Also what I learned is like, you can't be constricted and intense and, you know, with limited energy, with limited gas and like expect to do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And now that I look back about what I know, I would always come into, you know, um, therapy sessions or even physical therapy sessions, like as a maintenance tune-up, like I came in spinning like a tornado And I would come back every week like that. And it would be literally, I would use that hour to be like, okay, this is the only time I had to breathe. So I'm here to breathe. And sometimes I didn't even have time to eat. So I'm like eating a granola bar that like she has at her office and like I'm drinking, you know, and drinking tea and now I'm off and like, okay, yeah, she brought awareness to that. You know, she helped me understand like how my voice changes when I'm experiencing different things. But like, there was no stopping the spin. Like she didn't actually help me stop the spin. I didn't even realize I was spinning. Like I felt chaotic, but I didn't understand like what was happening. And so now I'm like, oh, with like, I don't, I'm not like in that spinning, constricted, tight place. How do I build real connection? Mm, Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, open, soft, expanded connection looks and feels a thousand percent different. Mm. So would you say that you're still in a messy middle of sorts? I think in the ways in which I would define it. Yeah. I think people define messy differently. I think there is beauty in the messy. Yes. Yeah. Like it is this complicated, not complicated, but like complex moving waters that I'm in. And I think every day I'm negotiating with how I want Like you said, how do you want to enter? And I just, I think I desire to, to be seen and appreciated in the messy Mm, yeah. You know, and I think what I appreciate about the messy middle is that there is intention mm. in the stage. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not, it makes here. sense. Yeah. I would say not always. I would say you came in with intention. Maybe not everybody comes in with intention. That's, yes. Yes. True. True. I, I, and I think maybe that's a part of me that like needs control, <laughs> which I'm still working through. Right. For me, I don't think intention necessarily means direction. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is an intention and in like, oh, this is messy. And so I'm going to like be in the messy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, sometimes I'm not resisting the messy mm-hmm. and it just sort of, you know, does its thing. And then there are times where I'm resisting the messy and I start to spiral and panic and, you know, old narratives come up and then I'm like, okay, I can just sort of like breathe. Yeah. What do you want others to know? Who may be going through a similar transition? Nothing begins without you first. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And for me, everything changed or began to change. It was slow when I was sweeter to myself. Mm. And I use that word intentionally. You know, I think we can have clear imagery when we hear sweetness. I'm not talking about being nice or kind. Like I'm, there's, you know, I had a really harsh and really critical 
view of me. Mm-hmm. And that was leaking through. I thought I was fooling people. Mm-hmm. I thought I was fooling people. I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm a chameleon. I'm an empath. People can't see me. People people can't see the front. Did I even know I was fronting at the time? You know? Yeah. And so just the like the sweetness allowed for a me to just not berate myself all the time. Okay, here's where you are. You are here right now, today, in this moment. And yeah, maybe I'm not sweet all day to myself, but best believe I'm more sweet to myself daily than I was ever in my past. And I think, yeah, I think nothing begins without you first. And I think that that is a lesson. Like I was doing everything else besides me. Mm. And I think that like I was immediately like, oh, this is hard. This feels uncomfortable. Let me go up and out. Let me serve you, Shannon. What do you mean? What do you mm. want? Can we focus on you so that we don't have to focus on me? Yeah. You know, because shame was real. That felt that felt discomfort. Like shame for me. Something I actually realized that I do, I can't believe I'm naming on this podcast recently is like sometimes out of nowhere, they're automatic. I'll say something out loud. It's when I'm alone, mm. but it's like a voice in my head. Mm. But it was it's like a it's a shame voice. Um and it like I'll I'll find myself blurting something like a very critical sort of shame sensation. And it's like this like really tight sort of like holding my breath like like word vomit a little bit and then being like whoa where did that come from? Like mm. What's that about? Like, and I, I think like, instead of like, like what I used to like spiral and be like, why am I thinking like this? You know? And be like, okay, yeah, that just happened. (laughs) That just happened. And so I think that sweetness is key. Starting with Mm -hmm. you is key. And also like, I don't know, I'm in the belief, like I have access and privilege in a way that so many people who came before me never had. They couldn't even dream in the ways in which I'm dreaming. Mm. So I'm going to do everything in my power to leverage all the things, all the people and all the things. And like, I think sometimes like there are gems, there are messages, there are people, there are, there are, there's light, there are guides, there are teachers just all around us, resources, like go try it, go try it. You never know. You can always say no after, but like, I don't know. I'm in the belief of like, there is abundance, tap into abundance. Um, because like my people didn't have that. Mm. They had other beautiful things and gifts, but like what I'm talking about, like what is accessible here in America, you know, and that's important to me. Yeah. 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 Don't be afraid. And whatever you is holding you back, like I know they say with transitions, right? People really change or make change, which is different than transition, but really make change when the fear of staying the same is greater than the fear of changing. You know, I know that. Um, but I would say it doesn't hurt. Just try. Just try one time. Yeah. Like I have met incredible people in the last year. Mm. Being outside, being curious, just like amazing people. Shannon, I met you, yeah. right? Like amazing people. What a gift. What a gift. People are a gift. I just, I can't say that enough. I would not be here without the people, which is ironic because I struggled with connection, right? But it was sort of like this distant connection. Yeah, but now cool. I want to like deepen with all those connections, you yeah. know? It's to the, the opening. Point. It's the opening. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the last question I'd love to end with. It might seem like out of the blue, but I'm curious, what do you sense is most important to you now at this new point in your life's journey? 
love, mm. partnership, romantic love, a hundred percent, which is very, very, um, if you knew me, you would think, oh, she's, she really has changed. Oh, I love that. Um, I never made that a priority ever. Mm. I was, I was too busy. I didn't have time. I didn't have capacity. I didn't know how. And now I'm like, no. I am ready. And like, I am really focused on right now an open, soft love to myself Mm. and to others. And uh, like taking a stand on like, I want to receive open, soft love. Mm. So that's working on, you know, receiving, but there's intention and there's clear. And I want to make time in my life. So yeah. It's a, that was a pretty clear. clear I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Beautiful, beautiful soul for taking the time and sharing your story. One part of your ever evolving big story with all of us. It's so generous of you to do this. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for doing the work, creating space. Well, there you have it, folks. Here's the three things I'm taking away from this episode. First, all things embodiment. Eden always inspires me to connect even more deeply with my body and the wisdom that it holds. I loved our conversation about what shapes we're entering relationships in, and I want to be more mindful if I'm in that triangle, circle, or square shape, especially when I'm interacting with my elderly parents, my husband, and my daughter. Second, I loved Eden's language around growing in sweetness toward herself. Once again, a clear call for all of us to make this shift into even more self-compassion and self-love. Finally, I'm wanting to reflect more deeply on what relationships in my life might benefit from me leading with my heart and soul instead of just my smart cerebral self. Now for a sneak peek. Next week, I'm sharing my interview with my dear, dear friend, Amy Young. Amy went from a workaholic people pleaser to a feminine powerhouse. I can't wait to share more about her messy middle story with you. Last but not least, if you think this episode might resonate with a friend or colleague, please do share it with them. And if you like my vibe, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, connect with me on Instagram, or learn more about my work at shannonshotler.com. Until next time, go forth into your own messy middles with courage and compassion.